Amen. I'm going to speak fast to keep up with them, aren't I? <laughs> oh, my, that was, that was awesome. I love that. Thank y'all. Incredible, incredible music. Thank y'all again uh, for that. Um, today we're going to be in, uh, in Exodus chapter 3. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there, turn all the way over into Exodus, okay? The second book of the Bible, okay? Um, I want to make you aware, too, that, that this is Justin's last Sunday. Uh, they'll be leaving out uh, probably Thursday morning, maybe Friday, but probably Thursday. And uh, just want to tell him thank you for uh, his time of service and Amy and uh, what they've meant to us over the last several months. And I'm going to ask if y'all would to stand at the door on the way out just to let folks uh, tell you they love you and goodbye and hope to see you again if you're ever back on the East Coast again. Uh, but we are uh, thankful for your time here and just pray for uh, God could, to continue to use them and lead them and God's got a, a great plan for him and for her and for Layla and for each one of you because that's why God made us. He wouldn't have made us if he didn't have a plan for us. Amen. He, he wanted us to, to worship him and then to follow out uh, the, the leading or the calling that He has on your life. And today we're going to continue our series on the, the series 316. Um, it's a series where we're going to be looking at a number of the 316s in the Bible and the stories uh, wrapped around some of those. We looked last week at Genesis 316 and uh, uh, the fall of man where sin entered into the world. Again, today we're going to be in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 16. Um, that's where we find the Israelites uh, enslaved in Egypt. Um, there you also have the, the great story of, of God speaking to Moses in and through the, the burning bush. But the people of the day, they had fallen away from God. They had lost their, their relationship with God. But, but nevertheless, um, God still wanted to use them. God still wanted to bless them, even though they didn't have a relationship with them. And so, and so God calls Moses to reintroduce them to the God of their fathers, to the God their ancestors once knew. Again, He wanted to, to bless them. He wanted to take them out of slavery and, and take them to the promised land. But they didn't know. They didn't know Him as their God. And so again, God calls Moses, a shepherd, to lead his people out of Egypt. That's where we pick up in, in Exodus chapter 3, if you will, follow along as we read that. Exodus chapter 3 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to their far, uh, far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from, with, from within the bush. And Moses saw that, saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And so Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. But when the Lord saw he had come over to, to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. 
And then he said, I am the God of your fathers and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And after this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their their slave drivers, and I I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into the good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now they cry, and, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Israel, or the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This will be my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Verse 16, Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what is being done to you in Egypt. And I have promised and I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the elders of Israel will listen to you. It's one of the most famous stories in, in all of the Bible. Let me ask you, have you ever been praying for something and, 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 and you said, Lord, just show me a sign. Lord, just give me a sign. How many of you have ever done that? <laughs> Maybe you're praying that right now. Maybe you're doing that right now. Lord, just show me a sign that what I'm doing is right. Just show me a sign that I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to go there. I'm supposed to do whatever. I think we've all done that because we want that clarity to know that, to know, to know, to know that that what we're about to do is from God, that we're in a one accord with God. Well, here Moses wasn't looking for a sign. He was just out tending his sheep. He wasn't looking for a sign at all, but the sign he got was abundantly clear, wasn't it? There was no mistaking in that. This story and this passage, is, it's again an incredible story that has a number of different um, points of interest that I want to look at this morning. 
One of them begins with verse 1. And verse 1 is vitally important to everybody here today. Verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Now why is that important to you? Why is that important to me? Why is that important to us this morning? Well, Moses was an ordinary man used by an extraordinary God. He was ordinary. There was nothing special about Moses. He was, he was one of three children. He was orphaned or abandoned in the Nile River and, and, and adopted by, by Pharaoh's daughter, which that meant he grew up in the palace or in royalty. But we also see back in chapter 2 where he was also a murderer. He feared for his life and he fled to the desert for 40 years. He was a shepherd working for his father-in-law. He feared God at the, at the burning bush. And when God wanted him to do something, when God called him over to do something, what did he do? He made excuse after excuse after excuse. We see that down through chapter 3, but it also picks up through chapter 4, him continuing to make excuses about, hey God, I can't do this because. Maybe you see yourself as, as an ordinary person. And maybe you're saying, God, I can't do this because, because I'm not good enough. Or I'm not religious enough, or I don't know enough. God, I can't do that because I have a checkered past. Look at what all I've look at all that I've done wrong. Look how I've sinned against you. Look at, look at how I've gone against you all these years. Maybe God, I'm just too shy. And, and maybe God, I don't know a lot of people. Maybe I'm too old or too young. And God, I'm a lousy speaker. And, and, and in addition to that, God, I hate speaking in public. God, I don't have any training to do this. And on top of all that, I'm busy. I don't have, I don't have time. Well, folks, God has heard them all. God has heard every excuse you could ever make at, God's Word says there's nothing new under the sun and there's nothing new about the lame, feeble excuses that we can make either to serve God. When He calls us to do something, He doesn't want excuses because He knows that He can take us and use us to glorify Himself any way He wants to. And so verse 1 reminds us that God uses willing, obedient, ordinary people just like me and you. God uses obedient, willing people, ordinary people, just like me and you. Okay, let's get on down to verse 316. But before we get there, let's look at verses 1 through 6. We see in, in, in that passage there where God has set the bush on fire, but it doesn't burn up. But he does that to draw Moses over to himself. He reaches out to Moses. He calls out to Moses. And so we can find hope today knowing that God seeks us out. The fact that you're here today, the fact that you're watching online today is an indication that God is calling out to you. God is wanting you to do something. God is wanting you back in relationship with Him. Verse 4 says, God called to him from within the bush. 
God set the bush on fire again, but it didn't burn up. Moses like, dude, what's going on over here? I've never seen anything like that. And he gets up there to it, and, and God says, Moses, and calls out to him. And he tells him, take off your sandals because it's holy ground. And Moses knew that he was in the presence of Almighty God. And he hid his face, for he feared God. But you see, God had big plans for this 80-year-old man. God has big plans for each of us, no matter how old we are, whether we're young or old or, or somewhere in between. God still has you here, and so He still wants to use you. And so we can find hope today knowing that, that God seeks us out, that God calls out to us and, and comes after us to bring us back. We can also find hope today knowing that God hears our cries. God hears us when we cry out to Him. In verse 7 and 8 it says, For the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. Notice what verse 8 says. It says, so he came down. He came down. See, God heard the Israelites crying out because of how they were being treated. He saw what they were going through. He saw their difficulties. He saw their oppression. He saw the struggles that they were having in life from day to day. And let me tell you today, He hears you. He hears you in the midst of your pain. He hears you in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your difficulties, in the midst of your trials and oppression. He hears you when you cry out in your loneliness, in your grief, in your misery. He understands the struggle that you're in. And He's there for you too. God had great plans for the Israelites. He was going to bring them out of, out of Egypt. And he had great plans for Moses, a, a, a shepherd, to lead these people out at 80 years old. And folks, he has plans for each of us. But are we, are we tuned in to God? Are we listening to God? Are we, are we paying attention as he calls out to us? Do you know what your plan is? Do you know what your calling is? You know, we can know that God will deliver us. We can have hope today knowing that, that God will deliver us in verses 11 through 17. And you know, if you think about it, we are, we are so much like Moses. You see, even as God was giving the plan to Moses of what He wanted him to do, and God was, was speaking to Moses all the time, Moses is thinking and coming up with excuses on how to get out of it. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you all have heard my testimony about sending my resume up here and, and, and to, for the youth pastor's job. And I sent it up here and, 
And I think it was Bill Cameron called me back and he said, I'm sorry, we're, all, we're going to hire somebody else. I was like, praise the Lord. Because see, I didn't like speaking in front of people. I wasn't qualified. I wasn't equipped. I didn't have the education. I didn't know people. On and on, I, this whole list I met, I, we walked through. And so I began making excuse after excuse after excuse. And I had some good ones, I thought. And, and, and you guys kept calling back. And, and I kept, I, I called, Bert Crawford called and I said, listen, just give me two more weeks. And he called back after two more weeks. He said, I said, listen, God needs some more time. Let us have another week, okay? But ultimately, God compelled it on my heart to move. To follow him. You see, I was making excuse after excuse after excuse. And don't we do that when God wants us to move out of our comfort zone, to do things we're not comfortable with, to go places we aren't prepared to go? And we begin making excuses, even as the plan is un- unfolding right before us. And, and here, here it is as Moses, as God is talking to Moses. Think about that in the presence of God Almighty. And the first thing Moses can say is, I don't know, God. (laughs) What will I say? What will I tell them? God wants us to be obedient. We most all the time question, don't we? But ultimately, the question is, are we obedient when God calls us out, when God calls us to do something? It says in verse 13, it says, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, Well, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. The one true God. He is the self-existing one. He he depends on no one for for anything. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and His power has no limits. He is God, the great I Am. And that's who Moses was was going to tell them who sent Him. That is the same one that calls us and sends us out on our mission. You see, what God asked Moses to do, if you think about it, it really wasn't complicated at all. He simply said, take the message to Pharaoh and let me do the rest. But even in that simple message, Moses didn't want to do it, did he? Now granted, there was a lot of dynamics to play with getting in front of the Pharaoh. But nevertheless, all he had to do was deliver the message and and God said, I'll take on the rest. Leave the rest of it up to me. You see, we serve a God of details. We, we, we serve a God who, who knows what He wants, how He wants it done, and why He wants it done. So 
We don't have to worry about the details. He will lay those out for us when we're ready for them. Notice what Moses has to tell the Israelites. Again, he says, Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. Now this is the first time we see the phrase, the elders of Israel. And the Hebrew word literally means the old people. Or better translated means the bearded ones, okay? The, the mature ones, okay? And, and so the name Israel means may God preserve. And so God is going to preserve Israel for all time. God is going to watch over Israel. But Moses is to go and tell the elders, the mature leaders of Israel, what's going to happen, how God is going to move. You see, he was going to tell them that, 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 that God had a message for the, for the elders that He wanted to engineer an exodus for them. He wanted to preserve the Israelites. And that's what God was going to do. He said, I have watched over you. I have watched, and, and the idea there is that, is that he's been watching, that he's paid attention, or that there's been an ongoing watch, and so what they've gone through has never escaped the eyes of God. What's going on in your life, what you're going through right now, has not escaped God's eye. God has seen where you are and what you're going through. And, and that wording is, is significant in this passage. It says that God has watched over you because Joseph, back in Genesis chapter 50, he said that God would watch over the Israelites and bring them back into their homeland. It says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24 and 25, he says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear, on, swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Again, God saw their struggle. and He was coming to their rescue. He was coming to rescue. He already knew what they needed. He already knew what they needed before they ever cried out to Him. Because He had been watching. He had seen them. He knew what they were going through. And the same is true for each one of us. He has seen you and He's watched you and he's, He knows what you're going through. It's a reminder for us that, that God watches us in the midst of our difficulties. No matter what we're going through, he is there. But for the people here in Exodus, for them, the, the, the problem was they had wandered so far away from God that they didn't know Him. That they didn't, they didn't know His name. They didn't have a relationship with Him. Man, I'm afraid that, that sounds a lot like our world today. Yeah, we, we, we know of God, but we don't know God. You see the world speaking of God, but 
There's no relationship there. And so Moses was, was called to reintroduce the Israelites to God. Folks, this cha- his challenge isn't a whole lot different than ours. We need to reintroduce our society to the one true living God. We need to make Him known. We, we, we need to make the God of our faith known to, the, to our society around us. Remember the God of the Old Testament, the, the miracles that were performed in the Old Testament? It's the same God today. The same God of the New Testament that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God today. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And the miracles that He's performed then, He can perform, for, can perform today and can perform tomorrow. That's the God we serve. And this same God that, 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 that wanted a relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses is the same God that wants a relationship with me and you today. The question is, do you know Him? Do, do you know of Him? Probably so, but do you know Him? Is He a vital part of your life? Are you making Him known to your culture, to your society? You see, God had had promised to to free them and, and bless them. And He promised to do great things in their life, even though they didn't deserve it. He was going to take them from slavery in Egypt to the promised land, from bondage to freedom. And and folks, today God also promises to free us. God promises to establish a relationship with us. And through Jesus, He promised to forgive our sin. Praise God. He, He promised to forgive our sin. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father through prayer. Through Jesus, we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, He convicts us of of wrongness and He intercedes on our behalf to the Father. He's our comforter and our our healer. He gives us love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. He gives us everything we need. And through Jesus, we have the hope of eternal life. Amen. Henry Blackaby, the the author of Experiencing God wrote, When God was ready to judge the world with flood, He came to Noah. To build a nation, He went to Abraham. When He set the Israelites free from bondage, He used Moses. D.L. Moody said, once said that Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, 40 years learning he was nobody, and 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. Amen. God can use us as ordinary people. God uses ordinary people to reveal His plan to. The extraordinary God used the ordinary bush to get the attention of an ordinary man to do an extraordinary job. God used 12 ordinary men to spread the gospel of salvation to the world. God used the ordinary items of the plague to bring and, and to speak to Pharaoh to free the, the Israelites. God used an ordinary tree for the cross of Calvary. You see, God delights in using the ordinary. Aren't you glad you're ordinary? 
I am. I am. I'm glad I'm just an ordinary person. He can use each of us if we're available. If we make ourselves known to Him. Can He, can he use you today? Or are our ears open? Or is our heart receptive to the, to the working of the Holy Spirit in our life? You see, no matter how ordinary you think you are, however ordinary you think I am, or ordinary you think this church is, we can all be used by God to help see people free, set people free from the bondage of sin. Just ordinary people. Folks, we're ordinary people. And God delights in using ordinary people. But never consider yourself too ordinary to be used by God. You know, as we think about this story and we think of the Israelites, we're, we're also reminded that the scary fact that it's possible, just like the Israelites, to get out of contact or to get out of fellowship with God. Let me ask you that. Is that you today? Have you lost fellowship with Christ? Have you moved away in your relationship with God? You see, we can, we can fade away or we can shrink away from that relationship with God. And, and maybe that's happened to you during this pandemic and, and you've slowly slipped a little bit at a time away. Well, God's just using an ordinary message like today. God's just using an ordinary church like today. God's just using an ordinary group of people like today to say, hey, God wants you back. God loves you. And God wants you God wants to know you. God wants you to know Him. God wants you to, to grow in your relationship with you because God has great plans for you. And Maybe He's using ordinary objects or, or ordinary people to draw you back today. As we sing our hymn of invitation, I surrender all. Think about that. For you and, and, and pray that, that God would open your eyes, that God would open your ears, and that God would open your heart to receive Him back. To take that step forward, to, to confess our waywardness, and to say, God, here I am, use me. Here I am, God, I want more of you. What is what is God placed on your call? on your heart tonight, today. As we sing that hymn, I pray that, that you would respond in a way that's pleasing to God, that you'll bring peace to your heart. Almighty God, we, man, what an incredible story this is of Moses and you displaying your, your presence in the burning bush and speaking to him through just an ordinary bush. You took that ordinary man and led your people out of Egypt. Lord, maybe we're thinking too highly of ourselves today. Maybe, maybe God, you need to humble our hearts. Or maybe, God, we have indeed slipped away from you. And you're using something in our life now to call, you, call us back. 
Father, as we humble our hearts and, and, and move into this time, this is an invitation from Almighty God to each one of us. So God, may we respond as if to respond to the one true living God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.